0: The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision.
1: Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking to what's going on on Wall Street and why. Sometimes it doesn't make much sense, sometimes it does. It's a beautiful thing. I think we have CFP Chad Burton hanging in the lurches. How are you, Mister Burton?
2: Good, just lurching around.
1: Just lurching, lurching, lurching around. Um, stock market. What are you feeling these days? What's 2018 tapping the pulse, so to speak?
2: Uh, well, <laughs> it's uh, the, the trade wars is obviously an issue here. I don't know. Like I've said before, it might be just the the attempt at the art of the deal to get better deals negotiated, but um, the economy and a lot of people have split with Trump on the idea of the tariffs. So, other than that, it, the global economy is doing extremely well, um, it, and I remember this kind of feeling in back in 1995-96 frame after we went through an increase in interest rates and the market started to do really, really well again, um, and globally, we're doing extremely well, even with... Um, Brexit, things overseas are doing well. Uh, there's not as much currency flow out of emerging markets, so things are there. But, I mean, we, we got a huge increase in earnings from Q4 2016 to Q4 2017, about the same as about what the stock market had already returned. So... Um, You know, having a flat year wouldn't surprise me with continued good news because a lot of that got pulled forward. But I heard you talking about, um, you know, during the six o'clock hour that if you saw a good pullback because of unemployment and some other issues, you'd be a buyer. I'd, I'd be the same thing. I'd use those opportunities to add any cash that I had sitting on the sidelines doing nothing.
1: It's frustrating, right? Because you wait for a pullback, you wait for a pullback, you get a pullback, and that's when you have to have the courage. Of, of not saying, well, if I do it tomorrow, it's cheaper. And that's kind of funky as far as thoughts go. Big event coming up. You're going to be speaking at People you can go to NewFocusFinancial.com and find out more information. It's March 8th, so that is this week. Um, it's going to be a big one. Uh, anything that you're going to be talking about at the Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event this week that we should be aware
2: of? Well, yeah, I've got. You know, we've inflation is another story of the year. Um, yep. and even though interest rates are increasing, we're also still seeing we're just still sitting at historically low interest rates. Um, and because of currency issues, if interest rates get too high in the U.S., a lot of money will flow into the U.S. dollar and back into Treasuries that will probably suppress that a little bit. So, I think we're. You know, continued five to ten years and historically low interest rates versus when you and I got into the business, say you know quarter century ago, which sounds really old now, but it's true. So you've got to really know what your expenses are in retirement. You hopefully people are thinking about inflation and that. Yeah, you, know, you retire every eighteen to twenty years, the amount of money you need is going to double to maintain the same standard of living, and people forget about so many expenses in retirement. That's why it takes a lot of time. To get your cash flow projections right, because you have taxes, insurance, inflation, and a lot of expenses that people forget in retirement. Things like, you know, what's going to give me purpose in life to get me out of bed? Whether that's, uh, you know, hey, I, I'm going to travel overseas. Um, I'm going to do things like Doctors Without Borders for some clients that have done that. Um, that actually cost them a lot of money, but give them a lot of purpose. But it's other things like Medicare Part B at 134 bucks a month or more. You've got what if you want to remodel your house in 10 to 15 years? What, do, what about new vehicles, gifts for your children or, or or enabling the child that hasn't made great decisions in life? Those things can get very expensive, and, they, and you have to be realistic and put those in your cash flow projections.
1: It's funny that you say that because you just brought up the what if I want to remodel my house, and I keep thinking every time I go on like real estate tours, I keep seeing these old people's houses where they've clearly haven't remodeled the kitchen in years. Maybe they just don't have money to remodel. Is that is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, I mean, if people would have retired on a fixed <laughs> income like 15 years ago, yeah. um, and maybe they had a pension that did not increase with inflation at all, and the only thing that might have increased slightly with inflation was Social Security, they're struggling, Rob. They're. I mean, it's it's they're they're living off about only 60% of what they used to live off of when they first retired. So they might not be able to afford to retire. They only or afford to remodel and the only way they can is maybe okay, we'll do a reverse mortgage, which makes people feel very uncomfortable in retirement. Um uh, or it's time to move to, you know, community kind of a assisted living type of a place. Maybe that's why.
1: Or Botswana? Yeah, yeah. Ecuador. You can learn more about sense. Ecuador. And Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar this Thursday, March 8th, Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. Um, $25 to get in. You can use the code RADIO25 at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. To get in for free, use the code RADIO25 under the events. That's this Thursday, Crown Plaza, Um, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, me, CFP, Chad Burton. Uh, Michelle Lerman, estate planning attorney, will talk about a lot of the things that we need to dot and cross the T, so to speak, to get ready for retirement and have some nice income and do it right, so to speak. What's the biggest mistake you've seen so far, Chad? And you don't have to give names. It doesn't have to rhyme with um, schlob schmack. Uh, What's the biggest mistake you see people make with retirement planning?
2: The biggest mistake? Well, um, when people are younger, falling for sales pitches on things like annuities and stuff like that—really high fee insurance products that cost them thousands and thousands of dollars every year—because um, some salesman told them a great story about some sort of, you know, guarantees that really won't ever come true. So that's a big one for younger people. The other one for younger people would be just waiting to save at all. I mean, you you don't – what I'm seeing now is a lot of people, Rob, getting into a home that makes them stop putting money into their 401K. And they'll, oh, well, I'll start next year. And then they buy furniture. And then I'll start next year. And then they have to – you know, they don't like the bathroom. They remodel that. I'll start next year. And then all of a sudden, a kid goes to go. And I'll start next year. And then all of a sudden, they're 45 years old, and they need to save 25% of pay to be able to retire when they're 70. So – you know, waiting to, to save is a huge one. Um, and retiring too early without a good, you know, list of expenses, that's another one. Because people, uh, sometimes they get forced into retirement, and you have to kind of adjust to that and figure out what you can spend. But so many people retire, and then they go get a financial plan. And then they have to go back to work if unless the advisors, you know, kind of blow in smoke. So there's a lot of different mistakes I could kind of go through.
1: Sounds good to me. It's CFP, Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, we have a big event coming up March 8th, uh, Thursday, six thirty eight thirty 30 Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. You know, a lot of the reason I just asked that question of Chad, and people can sign up at newfocusfinancial.com, use the code RADIO25 to get them for free. One of the reasons I asked that question was sometimes it's the mistakes that drag you way further down than some of the things that you did right you just didn't do enough of. Um, sometimes we would have enough, but you know, you end up spending the money on gambling, or you end up spending the money on vacations. Um, sometimes we would have had enough, but we just didn't budget correctly. We didn't think of worst case scenarios, and trust me, worst case scenarios happen all the time. You can find me online at robblackshow dot com. It's robblackshow dot com. Anything you want to talk about? We could talk about money investing in more, A little gardening. If you want to talk gardening, I know you are saying gardening. Harding expensive, but it's a hobby. and if it gives you something to do when you're in retirement, that's a good thing, not a bad thing.
0: Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW
1: and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz.
2: And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. <sighs>
1: Avocado toast. You millennials. Millennials earned about (laughs)
2: Millennials
1: earned about 20% less in 2013 than baby boomers did at their age in 1989. Let's think about that for a second. Now we kind of see why there's a bank of mom and dad. Nearly a quarter. That's 24% to be nearly a quarter. The millennials who are fully employed report receiving help from their parents with Bill Payne. Majority of them, about 80%, do not live with mom or dad. But still, collecting some financial help from mom and dad. For some millennials, especially those just transitioning in adulthood, it can take a lot of practice to get to the point where you don't need parents. The parental training, the parental training wheels. It's funny, when I started doing financial media twenty plus years ago. I used to talk about taking off the you know, the the training wheels, but I was talking to Generation X at that point in time, so to speak. The study of millennials defined as people eighteen or thirty four who are working thirty five hours or more a week. Common bills that are picked up by their parents are cell phone, typically about fifty three percent. Car insurance about thirty one percent. Um it's pretty crazy. It's how you have to delay getting to adulthood, so to speak. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, com. He's my personal lender. You've heard him on the show numerous times. I actually hang out with a guy on occasion on weekends and uh, just relax a little bit. So he's a lender. He's a guy who gets you your mortgage. He's the guy who tells you what you qualify for, what you're pre-qualified for. One of the more interesting angles that I hear him get frustrated over is when someone wants to put 20% down and the appraiser goes out and it's not quite 20%. It's too high of a number or too low of a number. Um, and suddenly have to come up with more money. Talk a little bit about how this happens and I guess, we what I
3: just said. I mean, quite simply we're in a seller's market and there's not enough sales right now. We know inventory is low and sales volume is low. So what happens is the, your purchase price is going to get kicked up. You're going to overbid uh, so that you can get that offer accepted. And then when your appraisal comes in, it's going to be you know a certain percentage below that amount. So if you have certain uh, down payments, let's say twenty percent, and the reason we want twenty percent, of course, is to avoid a loan that has mortgage insurance and to get better rates, is now your loan is as uh, a nineteen percent or eighteen percent down payment. Okay, so you're going to get mortgage insurance or you're going to have an FHA loan with higher mortgage insurance. So there are some tools that people can use to keep the same down payment but avoid mortgage insurance and that's to get um, a second loan. It, it always works out and you don't have to get a big second loan. It can be as small as like $7,500. Um, and it can put you over the 80%. You you have a you know the interest rate's a little bit higher. Yes, it's adjustable, but But you can focus on paying that off a little early, leave yourself a nice little equity line you can use down the road. But it avoids that mortgage insurance, and there's always a lower payment when you get that scenario. So when it does come back, um, do people panic? When what comes back? The appraisal, and it's... Um, Well, you know, it's something that we've, we've definitely been focusing on preparing people for. Yeah. So we run the scenarios in advance. Now that doesn't mean that your lender is going to do that in advance. They may just say, "Oh, well, we got to make sure that you have twenty percent down," and they don't. And they might see some reserves, or they look at your four hundred and one k or IRA and say, "Oh, we have some reserves there that we can use," and they don't think it through. That maybe they don't want to use a four hundred and one k or their IRA, and they don't prepare people for it. And I think that's where where a lot of people that are going into offers. Um, and, and the, they're not prepared. They're not talking to the realtor. And, and not only that, the realtor's not asking, Hey, you got 20% down. Are you prepared to offer another 40,000 over appraised value or whatever it is? Um, and what are your contingency plan? Contingency plans. How does the appraisal process work now? What is it like a two day thing? Um, you know, you, you start the loan process, you submit a loan, you, you contact the appraiser. They, they call you your agent. They enter the house. they, um, Take pictures, they measure the house, make sure you know the, the appraisal process is a, a lot more detailed than it used to be, huh. uh, and and they have an appraisal management company that that appraiser works for that 's going to do a quality check, and the lender's going to do a quality check and as a matter of fact, I just talked to a client not too long ago who came to my office and said, "You know what?" We try to refinance the lender. Uh, we got an appraisal; it worked out fine. But the lender did what you know—a the, the, BPO a broker price opinion—and and they disagreed with the appraiser, and knocked or the appraisal amount, and they knocked it down twenty grand, which disqualified them. So there's a lot of quality control that goes into it now. But um, so just because you get an appraisal, and this is something that the California Association of Realtors and, and needs to change on their contract, is that an appraisal contingency isn't just value. Yeah, okay, you can put appraisal contingency in there, and it comes in at value, great. It, the appraisal still has to pass the lender. So, for example, if the property comes in at fair value, or there's an unpermitted addition, or uh, there's Section 1 items, uh, termite damage, or it's anything like that that needs to be repaired. So, there's, there's, there, there are some corrections that need to be made, and I hope at some point they do make these corrections. Because it's kind of confusing. It's It's too simple. And a real estate transaction... We want it to be simple, but there's a lot of things that still need to protect the buyer. And if you remove an appraisal contingency and you don't have a loan contingency, you could be stuck with a, with a house and coming up with extra money, having to borrow from your parents or whatever. Tap your 401k if you, and you really didn't need to. It makes a painstakingly frustrating process even more frustrating
1: when yeah. that happens. Yeah. I'm speaking with Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. And I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about talk about the cost of insurance. That certainly plays a price in our lives. How about this one? Drunk shopping. Drunk shopping is a thing, ladies and gentlemen. Americans have more than doubled their spending on so-called drunk shopping or making purchases under the influence of alcohol. I've been there. I've done it. This is according to a website called finder.com. Mm. According to a new survey, U.S. drinkers now spend an average of $447 per person while blitzed, up from $206 a person last year. That's thirty billion. Uh, that's $30 of booze-soaked billions. That's a lot of money. $30 billion of drunk shopping. It's a thing. Do you have a problem? Do you have a problem putting your credit card down? Do you have a problem putting your credit card down when you're drunk? Dun, dun, dun.
0: My advice to you start drinking heavily.
1: Nearly half or 46% of those who drink regularly admit to shopping while well under the influence. I guess this is a thing. Is it a good thing? Or is it a bad thing? You tell me. You can find out more about it in a minute that I got coming up. This Thursday, March 8th, retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar, 630 to 830, Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. It's $25 to get in, but you can get in for free using the code RADIO25. That's code RADIO25. Use code RADIO25 at RobBlackShow.com. That's this Thursday, 630 to 830, Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Who doesn't like a little Taylor Swift?
0: Whoa. Yeah, no kidding.
1: The Dow might look like he wants to fall for a fifth straight session. A lot happened on Thursday last week when Donald Trump started talking about tariffs but a lot of stuff is happening in the world whether it's mixed results from italy and germany's political super sunday that grabbed the market's attention is it talk of tariffs is it talking nafta should nafta be renegotiated after 20 30 40 years should everything be renegotiated after 20 30 40 years i kind of feel that maybe that's the bigger question right so we got a lot going on right now on wall street European stocks mostly higher after German Chancellor Angela Merkel secured a fourth term over the weekend, but Italy's benchmark stock market dropped. After yesterday's election, there produced no clear winner but showed a surge in support for the anti establishment parties. Anti disestablishmentarianism. I think it's one of the longest words on record. Guillermo del Toro's monster movie, so to speak, love story, whatever you want to call it, uh, cleaned up nicely. Did well. Did very, very well um, in the world of movies.
0: And the Oscar so. goes to...
1: Black. Black. For The Shape of Water. Monster romance. I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> so many... There's so many haters out there. That's all I'm going to say. All well, the haters going to hate, 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 hate. So let's bring in CFP Chad Burton, uh, get a little perspective from him on what the financial planning community and what we can expect going forward, especially with the seminar coming up this Thursday. Chad? Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton. How are you, Mr. Burton? Excellent. So one of the things you talk about on your show, New Focus on Wealth, you talk a lot about... You know, will you have enough money to retire? And there's a lot of articles on it. Um, a lot of people try to like self educate themselves on, "I'm ready to retire. I've hit the magic number." That seems to be a million dollars is starting to become the norm in the Wall Street Journal. Of that'll pay you forty to fifty thousand a year. I guess it depends on your budget, but it also depends on income in retirement. Um, how do you set up that million dollars to pay you income in retirement?
2: Well, so those rules of thumb of 4 to 5% income at age 65, and you'll be okay. And each and every year, you'll be able to increase your amount of withdrawals okay. to keep up with inflation. Um, typically, those are assumptions that your overall portfolio earns 7% for a balanced portfolio. Okay. Where the last 10 years, balanced portfolios have earned about 6.5%, You know, half stocks, half bonds. Because going forward, though, the next five or six years until rates normalize... What are rates going to be? I mean, we had 2.7% on the 10-year Treasury. It was over 5% prior to 2007. So, even though portfolios have recovered yep. from 2007, if your portfolio hasn't recovered from 2007, you're doing something wrong, first of all. You you didn't have enough cash while you were retired to draw on, or you panicked at the bottom. Markets will recover. They will. You just have to be able to have some cash and dividends to live off of in the meantime. But the issue is is that if you retired in, in 2007 versus now, that same 65-year-old needs 24% more assets today to retire at the same level as the person that was was able to lock in 10-, 15-, 20-year bonds in 2007, because interest rates are a third of where they were then. So, if 40% of a portfolio tends to be in safer stuff in retirement, on average, yep. 60-40 type of a split, that 40% not only is paying a third of the income, your CDs are only paying less than 1% instead of 4 or 5 uh, So. The next five years is key. And unfortunately, the biggest issue is that timing is everything in retirement. So if your poor returns come first while you're drawing money out, yep. and you have less compounding in your overall portfolio, long story short, Rob, is it, it's, a, it's a really tough situation. We're having to look at bond alternatives and different ways to get that, that bond-like income. Stock portfolio hasn't changed. You know what's interesting about what you said? People locked into 20- and 30-year bonds? Mm-hmm. I think that's your
1: world. I think you see high-end clients or well-funded people. I know most of the people I know in retirement. They're afraid to lock in for ten, twenty years. Like they're more. I have to keep this available short-term for opportunities, right. and I can't lock it in for twenty, thirty years
2: because I'll be dead in twenty or thirty
0: years. Mm-hmm.
2: Does that make any sense? What I said? Yeah, and, and not necessarily twenty, thirty years. I, I doubt a lot of people, you know, locked in bonds because even in two thousand and seven, people thought rates would go higher. Okay. Um, So, but, you know, there's there's a world of when individual bonds look better versus bond funds. When interest rates are high and stable, you can ladder bond portfolios. And if there's inflation, you buy tips. Those are treasury inflation protected bonds. It's
1: weird because, Chad, it's been a long time since we've seen that scenario. That people feel comfortable locking in bonds. They're just, they pay nothing now.
2: Right. And, but we at least now we have, you know, a couple decades of interesting interest rate movements. Sure. And that idea of the between four and a half and six and a half percent on the 10 year treasury, that's when you really consider locking in on longer term bond portfolios. But you have to be able to hedge. You have to have some of your money in your portfolio that are available for tips, sometimes commodities. A lot of studies are showing that. Yeah, you don't really need that commodity fund. You really need more of the tip exposure. And again, those are bonds that pay a lower rate of interest.
1: Yeah, what's interesting, in 2008, when all stocks were down, guess what was up? Commodities?
2: Uh, no, gold yeah. and the, no. because what yeah. happened? I did what, research
1: on this yesterday. What no. happened
2: was is the first part of that. A lot no. of the hedge funds had to sell their gold and oil positions in order to, to meet liquidation. So there was actually a lot of stuff fell off the cliff. Managed futures is do a different have, way. Do you have your history, I have mine. All right, let's pull it up right now. Ready? Let's let's have a chart
1: fight. Actually, I wanted to change the topic and. Um, it does seem weird. Like we've been—it's been a long time since we've been in a laddered bond, laddered CDs. Do you remember? Like we can't talk about that, and we used to talk about that ten years ago. Yep. So, um, I did pull up Apple yesterday. Their bonds, their ten-year bonds, three point four, three point five percent. Yeah. So, would you, as a betting man, would you go after an Apple bond versus a ten-year Treasury, or do you still like the security of the U.S. government?
2: I mean, I don't like. I mean, I wouldn't lock it in unless you had some sort of a hedging strategy on that. I mean, you can get almost the same yield in the stock right now. Okay, that's true. And that's the biggest issues that people are making. I heard a morning show host early, early morning talking about their income portfolio. And my fear is that a lot of older people are saying, "Oh, this is an income portfolio. I'm going to take my bond money and I'm going to go get that." And then the stock market drops or interest rates rise, and they have a ten to twenty percent correction instead of a okay. I've my income's still coming in, and I've got a cushion for the stock market. So keep your bonds your bonds, your stocks your stocks. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at
1: newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. A number of black. The U.S. housing market's thunderous crash a decade ago helped bring the global economy and financial system to their knees. But those dark days seem like a distant memory, as the last 10 years have been pretty darn rocking and rolling, pretty much so in real estate. For sale signs sprout on suburban lawns, and it's a sure sign of spring. Open house events in May Um, seems like the height of, of home love season, as far as shopping goes. We have a good job market, low interest rates, we have beneficial demographics. Now is a good time to be a housing market. It's kind of a Goldilocks sort of recovery, neither too hot nor too cold. With the exception of some, several coastal markets, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York. You can figure out where the coastal markets are, right? Where it's been pretty good. You get strong demand from the demographics and the jobs. Then you get you know, um, insufficient inventory and modest annual price gains in some markets. And you can kind of see how things work you have a lot of buyers chasing very few houses right now. And if you go to a market like Richmond, Virginia, the realtors say give me your house, I will sell it for you. There's always going to be something with the hottest housing markets. Um that you know we tend to pay the most attention to and what we should be paying attention to in my opinion is things like home builders. Lennar, DR Horton, Pulte Group, Toll Brothers. They tell you where they're buying land if you read their annual reports. They tell you where they're going to be uh, building homes. Homebuilders recently traded for 10 times 2018 profit estimates. That's pretty cheap considering the broad market, the overall stock market, the S&P 500 market. is trading near a PE of roughly 17 times. So the homebuilder stocks are cheap compared to the market if you believe that higher interest rates aren't going to sap purchasers. Shares of a little bit. In VR, Meritage, they look particularly attractive, as does home improvement companies like Lowe's. When you buy a home, when you stay in a home, because there's not a lot of inventory, what do you tend to do? You tend to throw paint on the walls. I did that very thing this weekend. So I enjoy a good painting, so to speak. Home prices have appreciated a mid-single-digit rate for the past six years, including 6% last year. Some price gains have been much greater in hot markets like Seattle. San Francisco, Denver, and Vegas. Um, Realtor.com sees price growth cooling to 3.2% this year, under the 6% of last year, partly due to excess inventory at the higher end of the market. Additionally, in short, you know it's not a big issue, but affordability is going to become a factor as interest rates continue to march a little bit higher. People are going to be able to afford less home, and thus they're going to be pr- pursuing less square footage. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, uh, Rob Black Show. Big event coming up this Thursday, San Mateo, Foster City, 630 to 830. You can sign up at RobBlackShow.com. It's income and retirement wealth preservation. You can sign up at RobBlackShow.com and use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at KDOW.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Um, you know, top stories of the day out there. I tend to sometimes kind of bob and weave on what I think is going to be important. But Amazon keeps coming back up again and again and again. And I think we all know the service Amazon Prime and the TV shows and things like that. But today you see that in the news, they're considering partnering with one of Wall Street's top banks in an effort to build a checking account-like product for customers. And the first thing I think of is, oh no, that's not a good idea. And why do I think that? It's a very good question. And I start thinking about the people who shop at Amazon tend to be very impulsive and they tend to get a lot of stuff that they don't want from amazon.com slash com kind of thing so amazon has to keep getting into services if they're going to keep growing at 30 percent and one of the areas that makes me nervous is them charging giving you a loan i don't mind the credit card because you have to pay that on a monthly basis right there's no shame in using a credit card if, you're, as long as you're paying it down or off. But Amazon last week bought Santa Monica, California-based Ring, Ding Dong. Jeff Bezos calling, and now they're willing to do a loan for you. And then you see stories about how Americans are getting more and more drunk. Drunk shopping is what it's called, and that's a real thing. Get blasted, go broke. Americans have more than doubled their spending on so-called drunk shopping. Drinkers now spend an average of $447, $447 per year while blitzed. And then you can get a loan from Amazon. Like I start seeing all this and it starts making me a little bit on the nervous side, I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, how good are things right now? They're like Rome. We eat, drink, and be merry. You can now have medicinal and recreational marijuana delivered to your home. Uh, you can get on Amazon and order the munchies and they'll break, be there within an hour. But, all right, all right, all right. We are Rome. <laughs> We're getting ready to fall, right? So Amazon has to be number one and the only way they can do that is what if they charge you a fourteen, fifteen percent on a loan? Oh, now I can see it, right? So the big old retirement income strategies and estate planning and seminar coming up March 8th, 630 to 830 Crown Plaza Hotel, Foster City. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. It's a good two-hour event. I'll get there a little early to uh, warm you up and talk about the stock market and such. You can learn more by going to Retirement Income Strategies, State Planning Seminar with CFP Chad Burton. You can sign up at robloxshow.com. It's robloxshow.com. Use the code radio25 to get in for free. If the stock market's making you nervous, good event for you. If retirement planning is making you nervous, good event for you. I recently looked at some of my old boss's financial portfolios, and I won't give names, but I was disappointed in some of them, to say the least. Like That's not enough money to retire, and some of them have kind of retired. So that's out there. Um, Big conversation recently is tied towards, and you'll hear this again and again and again and again, is tied towards the tariffs and the trade wars. Bridgewater Associates founder Ray Dalio said in a LinkedIn blog post, he believes an acceptable trade deal between the United States and China is possible. Um, it seems to him that good deals are to be had for both countries. While a trade war has the risk of tit-for-tat escalations that you know could have harmful trade and capital flow implications... Um, it's a big thing right now with Donald Trump trying to keep his promises or circling back on things that got him elected. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. Um, but if tariffs are imposed as indicated, you would expect the Chinese response to be small and symbolic, because so both sides will have rattled their sabers um, without, you know, inflicting much harm to their countries. So if you know Trump does put a 25 percent import tariff tax on steel and a 10% on aluminum, you know, that'll cause the markets to panic. China will come back with something. And then the two of them will meet and work it out. Now, we've always said that. And it's always kind of been true in the world of North Korea versus the world where, you know, they're like, we have nuclear weapons. Uh, That's probably the worst North Korean impression I could do, right? And uh, they don't really want to blow up the world. They want food. They want, you know, electronics. They want cash. They want tariffs to be restricted, uh, re- uh, loosened. There's a word out there that starts with R, but I don't know what it is right now. I'm too tired.
3: I like the way you say that.
1: I know. So there's some clouds over the market right now. Um, the Italian election, the German election... There's a lot of uncertainty with NAFTA right now. And you go, well, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And some people are like, well, renegotiate the deal after 30, 40 years. It's a good thing to do versus just to assume like we're stuck with it. Um, You know, if when the deal was struck, you were selling six cars across the border and now you're selling 600, terms are a little different, right? I get it. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Getting your butt to retirement? Find me at Rob Black Show. Don't forget to sign up for the event Thursday evening in San Mateo. Use the code Radio Twenty Five to get in for free at RobloxShow.com.